Oh man. And and it just it makes talking with your coworkers uh a lot more difficult about unionization when uh your main points of reference are, you know, did you listen to this podcast? Are you up to date with the current uh left Twitter beef? Um I I like to imagine that I'm outside of that world. Um I like to imagine that I'm slightly more normal. That's the, the biggest struggle of course in life I think is to remain normal in the face of chaos, which I think Adam Curtis correctly identifies uh, within his uh, future award-winning miniseries, Can't Get You Out of My Head, An Emotional History of the Modern World. Uh, Andrew, we watched this miniseries. Um, and w- what what's your relationship with Adam Curtis like? Is this your first Adam Curtis experience? Yeah, this is my first Adam Curtis experience. I literally heard about this miniseries and Adam Curtis through like, uh, you know, fun Twitter discourse of people being like, wow, another Adam Curtis movie is out. It's sort of political, but not and pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, now I understand. I understand what all the jokes are about, what all the hype is about. Yeah, but yeah, my first time. It's, uh, it's a, a mystical experience, really, getting to uh, absorb all this, have it wash all over me for the first time. This is my uh, second Adam Curtis okay. experience. Uh, I watched Hypernormalization a few years ago. And uh, I quite enjoyed that. I mean, I haven't rewatched it because it's like three and a half hours. Um, but uh, I, I think the way that I view Adam Curtis material is mm-hmm. pretty consistent. Just like watching it at like 1 a.m., just like slumped over on a couch as this British man talks to you about like Putin or, you know, CIA experiments in the 70s. And you're just like, yes, Adam, thank you. I I have my understanding is, you know, increased. Can I define what hypernormalization is by the end of uh, three and a half hours? Doesn't matter. You know, these are primarily pieces of entertainment, which um, uh, is perhaps my my belief on it. But this is this is a lot of content, isn't it? It's it's a lot. It is. It was definitely like I made it a goal to like earlier in the week, just start watching these like a two a day, try and get through until I could finish it. Um, and I got to really say, like the last getting through the last two episodes of the series is really like a struggle because there is it's just there's just so much. It's jumping all over the place um, in interesting and then sometimes not so interesting ways. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine that I probably would have enjoyed jumping into the Adam Curse experience a lot more had I not had to do six, seven hours of it on my first go. Um but it makes me excited to like go forward and watch some of his shorter stuff because I kind of get the I kind of understand what he's going for. And I think it would make it a very fun experience uh, to see what kind of entertainment he's pushing through uh, in his other work, too. So, like, of course, I, I do recommend hypernormalization. I, th- I think it's a I think it's a very good uh, piece of work. I've heard positive things about Bitter Lake, about the relationship, the sacred relationship between the United States and Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. But I. Yeah, I this show is difficult for me because I think my immediate reaction to this is that I did not like <laughs> um, can't get you out of my head. I I think that uh what is the most what remains with me as an audience member uh in the Adam Curtis experience is the form uh that he uses, which I think is mm-hmm. very influential. The sort of use of uh, clipping together bits from movies and archival footage uh, and, you know, haunting piano music or electronic music with large text. Um, And ultimately, I think that 
sort sort of my thirty thousand feet up view immediately. Mm-hmm. I think that this project is far too grand, and I would argue too neutral in positioning any kind of argument about the modern world. I, I think that there's a very good sense of sort of the confusion that uh, we live in about the forces that control us. And I think that in effect, Adam Curtis is very good at demonstrating that. Um, And to some extent, I think he's good at tracing the causes uh, of that, you know, changing systems and methods of control. But ultimately, like Adam Curtis is not a socialist. I think that's something important to keep in mind. Um, I don't really care what his individual politics are. I've heard everything that from he's a libertarian to he's a neoconservative, like he's a guy, he's a dude who makes movies. <laughs> it's like trying to piece together the mind of someone like Zack Snyder. You will yeah. drive yourself mad uh, in trying to interpret why he's doing what he's doing. But I think that's sort of my initial takeaway from can't get you out of my head is that it it is very grand in scope. And I think that at some points, there are there are occasional through lines within the episodes mm-hmm. that I was interested in, but I I don't know if I think ultimately like the relationship between all of the cases that the doc examines are like are of merit <laughs> in in mm-hmm. trying to be an explanatory tool. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with that. Um, I think another thing. Part of the gradness and I think a lot of the difficulty I had in trying to, you know, understand if, you know, was there kind of some prescription going on is Adam Curtis gets to get away with a lot of vagueness, how he defines his terms when he's talking about there's always there's the meme, of course, of like every time, especially the first like two episodes, the two or two episodes, that's really bad, like structures of power, the old structures of power were here. We never get to really know what the fuck, what the fuck are the old structures of power? What are they yes. doing here? Did they fuck my wife? Did they fuck my neighbor's wife? Like, clearly, they did something bad. And they're here and they keep they keep rearing their heads in this weird kind of just haunting way. 